Job chapter 33. In this chapter, Elihu is going to continue speaking. 1. And yet I pray thee, O Job, hear my speech, and to all my words give ear. He's asking Job to listen to him. 2. Lo, I pray thee, I have opened my mouth, my tongue hath spoken in the palate. He says he's getting ready to speak. 3. Of the uprightness of my heart are my sayings, and knowledge have my lips clearly spoken. He says that he is going to deliver knowledge to Job. 4. The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the mighty doth quicken me. To quicken is to make alive, so God has made Elihu alive, and he's given him his spirit. Elihu, therefore, can speak even though he's young. 5. If thou art able, answer me, set an array before me, station thyself. Elihu says, brace yourself, Job. If you can answer to what I am going to say, then go ahead and say it, if you have something to answer. 6. Lo, I am, according to thy word, for God, for the clay I, I also have been formed. He says, I am a man just like you, formed out of clay just like you. 7. Lo, my terror doth not frighten thee, and my burden on thee is not heavy. He says, I am not going to be hard on you. I can't terrorize you because I'm a man like you are, and I have the same weaknesses that you have as a man, and I won't be hard on you. I'm not going to condemn you like those other three did. I'm not going to harshly accuse you of things. So he is going to challenge Job, but he isn't going to be overly harsh with Job. 8. Surely thou hast said in mine ears, and the sounds of words I hear, 9. Pure am I, without transgression, innocent am I, and I have no iniquity. Elihu says, you've claimed that you don't have any sin. I don't think Job exactly claimed that, but he did claim to be blameless. He practices God's laws, and he has received forgiveness, because he instantly repents when he finds that he's done something wrong. 10. Lo, occasions against me he doth find, he doth reckon me for an enemy to him. And you also said that God was treating you as if you were his enemy. 11. He doth put in the stocks my feet, he doth watch all my paths. And you also said that God has imprisoned you and he's got his eye on you. He's watching you like a prison guard watches a prisoner. 12. Lo, in this thou hast not been righteous, I answer thee that greater is God than man. Elihu says, you're not righteous in one respect. You are acting as if you are as good as God, and you're not as good as God. It's impossible. Now, Job never called himself holy. To call yourself holy is to say that you're as good as God, that you're the same, you're equal with him. Job only called himself blameless, which meant that he was forgiven and he practiced the commandments of God. But I think Elihu is going to make a point that the one area where Job isn't blameless is that he questioned God. And Elihu is going to say, you don't have a right to question God. 13. Wherefore against him hast thou striven, when for all his matters he answereth not? Elihu says, God doesn't have to give you an answer. Now in this, Elihu is right. God doesn't owe us an answer for why our lives are the way they are. A lot of us are born into poverty, born into abuse, born into physical illnesses and problems, and we have no control over it at all. Born into horrible circumstances and raised in ignorance and raised in a closet, but we still can't question God. 
God doesn't owe us any answers. He knows what he's doing. We don't need to know what he's doing. We just need to obey him. 14. For once doth God speak, and twice he doth not behold it. Elihu says, God is actually speaking all the time, but we don't always understand or recognize him speaking to us. 15. In a dream, a vision of night, in the falling of deep sleep on men, in slumberings on a bed. Sometimes God will speak to us in a vision, or in a dream. 16. Then he uncovereth the ear of men, and for their instruction sealeth. God sometimes gives us instructions in our dreams, but then we don't remember it when we wake up. 17. To turn aside man from doing, and pride from man he concealeth. Elihu is saying that the reason that God doesn't tell us everything in an obvious way is so that we won't have pride and think that we know everything on our own, and we'll fear the Lord, and we will repent of our sins and avoid going to hell. 18. He keepeth back his soul from corruption and his life from passing away by the dart. And that means because we don't know everything, we're more humble and we repent of our sins so that we don't go to hell. 19. And he hath been reproved with pain on his bed, and the strife of his bones is enduring. Elihu says man is also chastened with pain on a sick bed. Sometimes we get chastened by sickness. 20. And his life hath nauseated bread, and his soul desirable food. Meaning sometimes we get so sick that we don't even want to eat. 21. His flesh is consumed from being seen, and high are his bones. They were not seen. He becomes skin and bones, and his skin is no good, and you can see his bones sticking out. 22. And draw near to the pit doth his soul, and his life to those causing death. This sounds a lot like Job because Elihu is saying that you can get so sick that you almost die. 23. If there is by him a messenger, an interpreter, one of a thousand, to declare for man his uprightness. 24. Then he doth favor him, and saith, Ransom him from going down to the pit, I have found atonement. Elihu is pointing out that suffering can actually benefit our soul, because it teaches us how much we need forgiveness. Earlier in the book, Job had called out for a mediator, and Jesus Christ is the mediator. And in this chapter, Elihu is referring to offering atonement, and a messenger. And Jesus does give us the message of the gospel, which is atonement through his blood. So here is an allusion to the Christ to come, or a foreshadowing of the Christ to come. So he's reminding Job that there is a really good purpose for suffering. And that's what Job didn't understand, and neither did the other three, that suffering is beneficial to us. And Elihu recognizes that. As strange as that may seem, we learn through suffering. Job was already very righteous to begin with, but that doesn't mean that he was absolutely perfect and that he had nothing to learn. And now Job is learning how much the whole world needs this interpreter, this messenger who is Christ, and this atonement that Christ offers. We can never be good enough for salvation. You know, Job was the most upright man on the planet. But God used his life to show both Job and the world that we can never be good enough on our own. We have to have that mediator. We have to have Christ. 25. Fresher is his flesh than a child's. He returneth to the days of his youth. Now this is also a foreshadowing that Job himself will be healed 
and refreshed, and he again will have new skin like he had when he was younger. 26. He maketh supplication unto God, and he accepteth him, and he seeth his face with shouting, and he returneth to man his righteousness. When we suffer, then we ask God for forgiveness, and he forgives us, returns us to righteousness, and restores us. Now, Job was already blameless of sin before the tragedy started, but it had to start because both he and his friends believed that as long as you obey God's laws, you won't have any tragedy. And in reality, we will experience tragedy to understand Christ better. And in this book, that's what we're seeing, is both Job and now Elihu are prophesying the Christ. 27. He looketh on men and saith, I sinned, and uprightness I have perverted, and it hath been profitable to me. 28. He hath ransomed my soul from going over into the pit, and my life on the light looketh. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus ransoms us from the pit, which is hell, and we look on his light, and that light gives us life. And we testify to other men that we have lived sinfully, and that God has now made us righteous, but the sinning didn't profit us. 29. Lo, all these doth God work twice, thrice with man. 30. To bring back his soul from the pit, to be enlightened with the light of the living. You know, heaven is a place of eternal life, and when we get saved from our sins, then we won't go into the pit, but we will go into eternal light. Eliphaz says that God does this two or three times with man. He means that God will frequently throughout our lives chastise us so that we repent. 30. To bring back his soul from the pit, to be enlightened with the light of the living. And again, that is referring to Jesus Christ who will save us from our sins so that we don't go to hell and instead we will go into everlasting light in heaven. And Jesus is the light. 31. Attend, O Job, hearken to me, keep silent, and I, I do speak. Elihu wants to keep talking, he has more to say. 32. If there are words, answer me. Speak, for I have a desire to justify thee. Elihu wants to justify Job, which is interesting. He doesn't really believe, like the other three, that Job has committed a bunch of terrible sins. Elihu, like Job, wants to understand what's going on. He doesn't think Job is perfect in Job's arguments. And he's trying to offer some sort of understanding about why this tragedy is taking place. 33. If there are not, hearken thou to me, keep silent, and I teach thee wisdom. Elihu says, if you don't have anything to say back to me now, then keep listening and I'll keep talking. Because Elihu has more to say. So in the next chapter, he is going to keep talking. And I guess Job will answer him later. And that concludes Job chapter 33.